hello, 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 good people. This is Christine Jones, again, owner of Clear Choice Financial Solutions, LLC, and you are listening to the third episode of our podcast, What's the Score? Can you believe that? The third episode. Wow. I'm excited. I must admit, I really am. I'm excited. So today we have, as usual, what we think is a good program lined up for you. And to get it started, I have a question. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. So, what price are you willing to pay for financial freedom? Or any freedom for that matter? Assuming that the freedom that you're looking for is never free, and there's always a cost, and sometimes a major cost associated with it, what are you willing to pay for the freedom that you claim to want? Good question, huh? Are you willing to put in the possibly late nights? Are you willing to almost alienate yourself sometimes from certain people because, you know, even though you like them, they're just not moving in the direction that you're trying to go in? The Bible speaks of how can two walk together except they be agreed, and that's definitely something to think about. I mean, bottom line, you always have to protect your energy, and you have to be very careful and specific about where your energy is going, where it's being spent. Never waste your energy. Like time, I mean, you you just can't get that back, right? You know, they say to look at the five people that are closest to you, that you hang around. If they are millionaires, you'll probably be the sixth one. If they're broke, though, you'll be the sixth one. That's up to you, but I know who I want my circle to consist of. And they don't have to be rich in pocket, so to speak, but rich in character. That's always a winner, right? So are you willing to sacrifice some of the things that you want that cost money or other resources so that you can have that one thing or that group of things that you claim to really want most? All of those things that you claim to really want that would bring about financial freedom or whatever other kind of freedom you want, are you willing to lose sleep for and over them? I can't tell you how many times I've been up over 48 hours at a pop just trying to manage my home because my situation is that I'm the sole caregiver for both of my parents. I'm a full-time teacher. I manage a business. And then, of course, I have a home to manage outside of all those things. And so there are times when I just have to get stuff done, but my body is telling me that I need to sleep and that I need to do that immediately. Now, I'm I'm not going to say that what I'm doing is a good thing, a healthy thing. But what I do is really out of necessity because there's no one else to handle the things that I have to handle here. So I end up spending a lot of nights just up working, sometimes literally on my feet for all of those hours. And, you know, then when enough time has elapsed, it's time to do breakfast and medications all over again for my parents. Then I have to teach and contact parents. Lunch has to be served. Then papers need to be graded. Let's not forget about dinners and cooking for the next day. I have to make store runs and medication runs. And it it just gets to the point where I look up sometimes and entire days, spans of days are gone. But I have not been to sleep 
nor have I sat down, right? I don't even know how I do it, but, but God, yes, I do, but God, all right? Um, you know, case in point, over the last summer, I was so tired. So, you know, my water heater burst. Uh, Leo, let me take you back for a minute. So last summer, we had, you know, basically the perfect storm. Um, the refrigerator went out right before the 4th of July, right? And I have my house heavily, you know, souped up with warranties. So I wasn't worried about replacing it. But um, the refrigerator being out had to be replaced. And when the company came to replace it, they went downstairs and realized that water was running. So they're howling up, man, um, did you know your water heater had burst? Of course, no, I did not. So apparently the water heater had burst overnight because I had been down there yesterday or the day before that, right? And um, nothing was happening. But I do remember hearing a sound late the night before, um, but I couldn't place it. So, you know, needless to say, they couldn't deliver the refrigerator then. Um, and so I spent the next few nights, just me and a dehumidifier and wet vac, downstairs vacuuming water and carrying it out literally hour after hour after hour. Um, in the middle of the night, you know, um, and, and my thing was, I was literally just trying to protect the integrity of my home, right? I was going to do what I needed to do because, you know, there was already a situation. I wasn't going to have water warping my walls and, and creating disaster down there. So I did what I needed to do. Now, in the middle of all of this, my dad got sick and had to go to the emergency room. He actually ended up spending a few days in the hospital. So I was dealing with that. And then, you know, as if that was not enough, um, apparently I was being tried and, uh, you know, I think I came out okay, but that was definitely a trial. The oven panel, the electrical part of it, right? Blue. So the oven was, was basically non-functional. Um, thank God it was the summer because I wasn't really going to use the oven like that in the summer anyway. But, um, you know, on top of all of this, I had major cleaning to do because when my dad got sick, um, he left a bit of a mess. And that, that's really what precipitated the run to the hospital. So I was, needless to say, tired and still trying to run the business. Um, and I was so tired that I, I think I actually fit the classical definition of being delirious, right? I remember getting into the shower. No, scratch that. I don't remember getting into the shower. I remember being in the shower and wondering how I got into the shower, how I actually stepped up into the shower without killing myself because I was apparently sleepwalking, right? You know, and during that same time frame, I went downstairs, you know, and I remember being at the top of the steps intending to go downstairs. But apparently I fell asleep en route down the steps, right? So when I looked up, I actually woke up at the bottom of the steps wondering how I had gotten down there. And, and I remember being just really, really grateful that I had not fallen because that could have been very tragic, right? You, you definitely don't want to fall down steps. But apparently, again, I fell asleep right after that and I woke up 
when I felt this horrible pain because apparently I had um, been sleepwalking into the great room and bammed right into the couch. And so my foot bammed right into the couch. And now, now that woke me up. And I, and I don't remember falling asleep again after that. You know, something about pain will um, take your tiredness away from you for at least a, a bit, right? So, so that's what happened to me. Um, and now I'm not saying that you have to do what I did. Remember, a lot of what I do is out of necessity because, you know, as a caregiver, um, th- there are just things that are added to you know, what I have to do in a given hour, in a given day, in a given week, you know? Um, and, and, and so this is just what I do. But at the same time, I have a business that I choose to run. All right, that's my choice. I still have my job. However, there are some things that I could probably choose to eliminate at this point. You know, I mean, I could choose to table the business right now because of everything else that I have to do. I mean, no one really necessarily has to run a business, you know, especially in my case, I also have a job, right? So again, I state, I choose to run my business, but the thing is, I love my business. My business was my dream. My business is very helpful to a lot of people. So I've made some decisions, you know, and, and as a family, we've chosen not to put my parents in someone else's care. I couldn't even see myself doing that. And and I know they wouldn't be comfortable with that, you know. And so we've been always a pretty close family. You know, not perfect, but we've been close, right? And that's what matters. And so, you know, that's not an option for me to put them somewhere or have other people coming in just caring for them, right? That That's my job as their daughter, and I willingly uh, take on that responsibility. No, no issues there, right? Um, of course, there's nothing that I can eliminate from the job. So, so I have all of these things going on, and that means that things are sacrificed. Things like sleep, like time to myself, like sometimes even funds, because there are times when funds can't go to certain things because they have to go to other necessities. They're, they're allocated to other you know, areas, right? And it gets like that sometimes. However, you know, as they say, I can't complain about my plate being full when I said my goal was to eat, right? I also can't complain because of the fact that it really does take a lot to reach your goals, right? Um, now, I have no downtime, none at all, you know, and I wasn't really one to hang out, right? So I, you wouldn't really catch me hanging out with friends, Um but I don't even at this point have time for a date night, you know? And, and so thankfully my special one is very accommodating with that. He's, he's awesome, okay? Um, but you know, because I'm aiming toward financial freedom, these are the things that I have to do. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that freedom is never really free, no matter what kind of freedom you're speaking of. There's always a cost. So today, let's just talk about a few things. Let's talk about some of the things that you may have to do if you claim you have major goals to reach. You claim you want that home. You claim you want to pay down that debt. You claim you want to open a business. Those things that you know are going to call for you to have certain funds available, certain time available, but it's all based on the fact that you need to have certain financial elements in order 
to get that accomplished. All right? So y'all ready for this? All right? Well, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after a brief break. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you are listening to episode three of our podcast, What's the Score? And I am your host, Christine Jones, also known as Chrissy J, owner of Clear Choice Financial Solutions, LLC. In the previous segment, I indicated that I was going to go in one direction with this new segment, but it looks like things may have shifted just a bit. I'm actually led to go in a slightly different direction. So that's what I'm going to do. This segment is going to focus on some of the things that you need to do in order to reach your dreams of home ownership, car ownership, or some other venture that will require you to have your financial ducks in a row, so to speak. And I think I may have to share some of the other information with you in another episode because the bit that I'm going to share might, right now might get to be a bit much, even though it's really just the tip of the iceberg. So let's just get started and see how things go. Is that all right? Now, whenever I think in terms of finances, the first thing I do is to make sure that I have you know, all of the items necessary uh, to qualify me for that particular item or service, especially if um, it involves a line of credit, you know, so I make sure that I have a few essentials on hand. One of those essentials is a recent copy of my credit report from all three major credit bureaus, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Another essential item is my set of FICO scores from each of those bureaus. Now, you may wonder why I separated those two, why I separated credit reports from credit scores. And that is because you may not always receive your credit scores with your credit report. That is typically a paid service. And while you may be able to get a free trial with an initial set of scores, you usually have to pay a monthly fee for the continuation of that particular service, okay? Now, you may also wonder why I specified FICO. And so here's the answer to that. Um, And it's really kind of a simple answer, though it does have a few elements which can make it seem a bit confusing. Uh, There are various credit score models, Vantage score and FICO score being the most widely used. Um, And even within those models, there are various versions Now, you typically want to know where your FICO score stands because that is usually the model that your lenders are using. So a lot of times, we're looking through the lenses of Credit Karma and Credit Sesame, and they're okay, but, you know, we think that the scores that they give us are the ones that we should be using. So we tend to place all of our eggs in those baskets. However, they use the Vantage score So they can actually be quite different. They can be even 100 points lower than what your FICO score is. So now this is not a guarantee of that. 
Sometimes they are spot on and right in line with your FICO, but they're not necessarily that way. So you have to make sure that you are armed with the most important information, the correct information that you need. And that's going to be your FICO information, right? Now, don't mistakenly think that Vantage score is not correct. I mean, don't, don't take what I said to mean that there's something wrong with Vantage score. It's fine. It's correct for the model that it is, but it's just not what you should be using for any kind of major judgment about your credit standing if you're looking for a mortgage or a car, etc. Now, if you're not sure about how to actually go about getting a copy of your full credit report, we recommend you getting a copy of that report from each of the three major bureaus from annualcreditreport.com. That's annualcreditreport.com. And that's going to be different from identity monitoring services, which may offer a set of scores, which by the way, are usually Vantage scores, usually. Um, this is different. This is the preferred provider of your full credit report. And since COVID-19 is a thing, they have stated that they will allow us to pull one free credit report per week until April of 2021. And that's going to be from all three major credit bureaus, right? That's huge because normally you can only get one free credit report per credit, you know, credit bureau each year. And now again, we can do that once per week from each of the major bureaus until April of 2021. So take advantage of that, right? Now, the first thing that I would do uh, after this is, um, you know, make sure that, you know, I know and I look over what's in that credit report, all right? So now that I have the report, I want to make sure that I know what's in there. And of course, the scores are important. However, what's in that report is even more so. Now, here's the deal. You may actually have a good credit score, but you may find that you still have accounts which are not yours. Case in point, um, one time, and it was a Capital One account, and I was looking over my mom's credit report, and all of a sudden, I saw a Capital One account that had gone late, right? So there were two things wrong with that. Number one, she didn't have a Capital One account. Number two, this thing seems to have been uh, opened. This, this account had been opened uh, several months before that, and it had a limit of $12,000, and it was fine for the first few months. And then all of a sudden, for an amount that was like $60, whoever had this account defaulted. And so that brought my mom's score down. So the thing is, her score was still good. But because of this account that had gone late, you know, it, that late payment did drag that down a bit. So that was an, an immediate uh, thing that I needed to take care of. And, and we did. But it was one of those things where if I had not taken a look at the report, if I had just focused on the score, I may have missed that. All right. Um, you know, also, you want to look at your score, um, you know, from the vantage point of understanding that it can fluctuate. So, you know, you may look at it one day and it's one thing. 
You may look at it another day and it's another thing. It, it depends on so many factors, including when, you know, creditors uh, are reporting to the bureaus. Okay. Another thing is that if you look on your report and see that you have open disputes, you want to make sure that you close them because um, that could spell disaster for any attempts that you may make at obtaining a line of credit. Lenders don't like to see that at all. So, you know, if that's all you find, even you still want to take care of that because you don't want to face any potentially heartbreaking dilemmas down the road just because of that. All right. Now, all of that being said, another thing that you want to do is make sure that you have an itemized list of your recurring income and expenditures, both of them, because there's no sense in setting yourself up for something that turns out you really can't afford either financially or behaviorally. Mm. Now, of course, if you really don't have the necessary income for your particular set of dreams, then you have to think in terms of next steps. Should you defer that dream? Or should you seek alternative forms and streams of income in order to make it happen? But if you don't look at what you have coming in closely, you may not think about all of that, right? If you look in your expenditures and you see a whole lot of things that you absolutely can live without, then you might want to seek to eliminate those things and use that money that is freed up because of them uh, to whittle away at some debt that you may have. You know, this is also a good time then to check what they call your debt to income ratio. For example, typically mortgage lenders will want to see a front end ratio of no more than 28% and a back end ratio of no more than 36%. Now, what is a front end ratio? I'm going to tell you a front end ratio is all of your expenditures pertaining to the actual house, right? Um, and that's going to be things like your, your mortgage, real estate taxes, HOA or homeowners association fees, things like that. Your back end ratio is all the other debt uh, requiring monthly payments that will show up on your credit report such as credit card bills, student loans, etc. Something else then to consider is that you will also want to make sure that you have a good amount of money in your bank account, right? Especially in the case of mortgage underwriting. There's something called being sourced and seasoned. And what that means is that when the underwriters look at the money that you have available, they're going to want to know where your money is coming from. And they're going to want to see that it has been there typically for at least six months. So let's explain that. Again, there's the idea of where your money is sourced, which is where it came from. Now, it is understood that your money may not be sitting in your bank account for six months if you have a regular paycheck or child support coming in, for example. You know, but they will at least be able to see those regular deposits from reputable sources. But if you're just getting bits of money here and there and they can't tell where it's coming from, you know, one question may be, is it truly coming from a legal source? 
You know, is it something that is just sitting there on loan from a family friend um, or a family member? You know, just long enough to make the bank think that you have more than you actually have. Those are things to consider. So they want to know where it's coming from. The other thing that they want to know is that you actually have the ability to make payments. So being seasoned means that the money has been sitting in your account for normally six months. And that means that, you know, your underwriters don't have to think that all of a sudden you got a bonus and now you have this money sitting in the bank account. And, you know, they end up thinking that you're going to qualify um, for this loan or that you should qualify for this loan just because you had a one-time chunk of money that was deposited. That's not the way they do it. So you'll want to make sure that you know how much you have and that what you have has been sourced and seasoned. You also want to spend some time shopping around even before you're ready to go in and actually talk to say a real estate agent or car salesman. You want to have some idea of what going rates are. You want to have some ideas of what various model options are out there and you know in your price range. You know in the case of a mortgage you want to know what areas are better. You want to know whether or not you're going to need extra levels of insurance. For example when you're looking for a home are you moving into a flood zone? Are you moving into a high crime area? Those types of things will matter because you may have to acquire things like flood insurance. You know, if it's a high crime area, you may want to make sure that you have a home with a garage. And of course, if you have a home with a garage, that can make a big difference when you are applying for car insurance. That is one question that they ask because having a garage can often take a few dollars off of your payments for you. All right. Find out then what maintenance costs typically are. For example, if you like homes with beautiful wooden exteriors, are you prepared to have that wood treated every five years or so? If you're looking for a car, have you thought about how much an oil change would cost? There's a big difference between how much you're going to pay for a regular oil change, synthetic, blends, etc., Some of these oil changes can be as high as $150 per oil change. And, you know, some people find out only after they go to get that oil change how much it costs because they did not do their homework, right? And, you know, they they fuss and scream about the price, but, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to give the car something that it, you know, can't use and end up burning out the engine? So those are things to consider. Now, you may want to know how much brakes are going to cost if you need them changed. You know, brakes in the pads or even tires. And I say this because, you know, in a prior experience with a car that I actually owned um, that was actually traded last year, just one door handle was $500. So anytime something needed fixing on that car, you could bank on it being almost as much as a car payment, right? That brings me to another thing. When you are looking for a car, think in terms of what kinds of offers you can get. Don't necessarily go for the brand new car because, you know, it really does begin to lose value as soon as you drive it off the lot. 
So you may want to think in terms of getting a used and certified vehicle with low mileage. And oftentimes you can get, you know, them with good warranties. That, I think that's the way to go, especially if you are not rich, right? And, and not too many of us are, right? Um, now, let's, let's get back to the mortgage for a minute. When you go um, and, you know, you, you're really serious about this thing, you want to make sure that you get pre-approved for a mortgage, not just pre-qualified. Look at it this way. When you are pre-qualified for something, that just simply means that you have what it takes. But just because you have what it takes doesn't mean you're going to actually be approved, right? So being approved is the thing that you want. You want that pre-approval. What that's going to do is let you know how much the bank is actually going to fund, at, you know, what whichever bank you uh finally decide to apply for the mortgage, you know, from, you'll have this pre-approval. And, and sometimes, you know, the pre-approval, you know, you may run that pre-approval past a few different banks before you decide, but that's okay, right? But what that's going to do is also put you at the head of the line for any property that you do want to purchase. Because once you have the pre-approval letter, Anybody that you're trying to buy a property from will know that not only are you serious, but they can actually count on the fact that this is what you are able to afford today. This is what the bank is willing to pay today, right? And it gives you a step in the right direction. You know, be prepared to have at least two to three years of your tax documents ready. So if you didn't file taxes, you might want to get that straight before you go looking for a home, especially if you're going to apply for a special program, right? I know FHA uh, loans can be, they can be very, very strict in underwriting, right? So you have to have everything. And sometimes you will give them something and have to give it to them multiple times just to satisfy the request. But if you truly want that property, then you'll have to do sort of what it takes. Okay. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that you have that on hand. Look online for properties, even cars. Sometimes when you simply look at properties that real estate agents will show you, for example, you don't see what all is out there. So you can get a better total picture when you look online. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, a, a, a real estate agent can take your wishes and your finances into consideration and show you certain properties that speak directly to those elements. I'm not saying that. They know the inner workings of certain properties. That is not to be discounted. But at least you will have an idea of what's out there if you do your own homework and research. And you can know whether or not the housing in the next community over would have been a better fit for you than the one you're being shown, all right? Also, if your credit score is good enough, you can almost ask for what you want. This is where you should really spend some time researching. I know when I was in the process of looking for a home, I, you know, I did my research. I found out that I could go to a mortgage lender and let them know that I saw a particular interest rate being offered somewhere and that I wanted that. The interest rate at the time was 3.75. That was the lowest that was being offered in the country. 
Um, and I actually used an online mortgage lender, right? So I told them what I saw and that I wanted it. And you know what? I got it. I also told them that I did not want to do discount points. Now, discount points are worth something like $1,000 per $100,000 of the price of the home, right? And they're roughly 1% of your mortgage. So you can use them to buy down your interest rate at closing. However, because my interest rate was already so low, I didn't need that. So I didn't, I didn't use it. Then there were things um, that were like perks, such as a seller's assist. So did you realize that you can actually have the seller pay a certain percentage of your closing costs? Um, and, and the amount varies by state, but it's often very helpful to free up some money for you at closing, right? Um, now, I recognize I'm spending a lot of time on the home buying because that is what most people are interested in. But really, it's the same thing with you know anything, even if you're trying to apply for a credit card. You will need to know your credit information and you know what card you might qualify for and you know how much you can afford. Remember, there are sometimes annual fees associated with these cards. You know, sometimes you have certain stipulations about how much you must much must whew, spend each uh, month. You know, there are all sorts of different things that you have to look at. So you want to make sure that you are just really good about doing your homework, right? Um, and so, as I said, you know, these are just some of the things that I I was thinking about, and you know, hopefully you've learned something from this this segment, this episode. Um, but I guess I'm going to have to come back on with an episode that's, you know, not only finishes out what I was going to tell you, but that's also maybe just dedicated to home buying, maybe even have some real estate agents and lenders on, you know. Um, but the point of this episode was to give you just a taste of what you will have to do if you want to reach certain dreams. Having a business is the same way. You will need to know how you stand with your credit and what your financial picture looks like. Because there may be rent, overhead prices, licenses, bonds, insurance, etc. And all of this requires discipline in multiple areas of life, which in turn can ultimately provide financial freedom. But it costs. It costs in time, energy, some money up front, sleepless nights, Sometimes the loss of friends, you know, everybody won't understand what you're doing. But you can't worry about that as long as you are doing something positive and as long as you are moving in the direction that you want to move in and that you feel that you are called to move in, you cannot stop for the distractions. You cannot. You know, when you hear the dogs barking, keep marching. All right. So I'm going to end this at this point. Um, there's a lot of information. If you need us, you want to talk to us, you know, make an appointment with us. We are always available for you. And again, I'm Christine Jones, the owner of Clear Choice Financial Solutions, LLC. You can, of course, reach me at 215-901-7651. Or you can call the main number at 
4888, I'm sorry, 404-5815. My email address is crjones at clearchoicefinancialsolutions.com. And of course, visit our website at clearchoicefinancialsolutions.com. So once again, as always, thank you for listening. We'll talk again and God bless. Thank you.